any any day you don't you don't drown and you can eat pizza off the dashboard of your car. It's, it's got to be a good day. Mm-hmm. This is the Dear Bob and Sue podcast. Our stories of adventures and misadventures as we travel to all the U.S. national parks and other public lands. I'm Karen Smith. And I'm Matt Smith. And we're the authors of the Dear Bob and Sue series of books. Today we're wading into a wonderful hike that we did in Zion National Park. Yeah, the Zion Narrows is a beautiful slot canyon where the trail is actually a river that you have to wade through. Or swim through in some sections when the water can get up to chest deep at times. Yeah, but if you talk to a ranger and check the conditions out ahead of time, this is a magical and altogether safe hike for those who don't mind getting their shoes a little wet, or in our case, completely (laughs) soaking wet. And to kick things off, we discuss why it appears as though we're wearing the same clothes in many of our pictures taken in front of the National Park entrance signs, even though the pictures have been taken years apart. And at the end of the episode, we'll answer a question from a listener in our mailbag segment. You know what bothers me a little bit, though? Like a hundred thousand things? <laughs> no. Okay, name one. I looked at the pictures this morning of our hike. When we did the Narrows hike like 10 years ago, mm-hmm. I'm wearing the same clothes as I'm wearing like literally right now as we're <laughs> recording this podcast, at least the same shirt. I know you are. This, yeah. It's the same clothes you wear every day. I know. That, I know. that yeah. worries me. Well. And and I kind of, I, I like these clothes. Like I have no intention of getting rid of them. So. I know. It's because you need to wear a uniform. That's what your deal is. I like a uniform. I know you do. It's. It's one last thing I have to think about it. One less decision to make. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Yeah. Well, the problem is, is the outfitters make such high quality clothes now that they never wear out, which is kind of a bummer because I'd like to be getting some new stuff. Are but you, um, my, I have the same clothes too. Are you suggesting they make poor quality clothes? <laughs> What's a girl to do? Yeah. So when you look back at all of our photos in front of the park signs you know remember how we took our photo in front of every single park sign i do remember that national park sign okay so 59 photos and we're wearing like the exact same thing in all the photos i don't know that we ever mentioned that the things that we had to do in every park which taking our photo in front of the park sign was one of them taking care of business mm -hmm, taking care of business right we had we got business was it, it, I was always nervous about taking the park sign. I was I was worried that there would be a like a lineup of cars. I know. Well, and, there is and, now. And I think... we would never get our picture taken, and then the whole trip would be for naught. <laughs> <laughs> that's an unre that's an uh, unrealistic fear. Well, one thing that we never wrote about, remember, was Cuyahoga. So we went to Cuyahoga National Park early in the journey was that the first one or it second one anyway it, it was in the top four yeah it was first in the four. top four and we hadn't yet decided that we would take our photo in front of all the park signs so we didn't and then we decided we would do that in every park so remember we went back to Cuyahoga. yeah well we went we were at the mammoth cave in kentucky 
And I'm embarrassed to even say this, but like we literally drove a detour out of the way from Mammoth Cave up to Cuyahoga, went in the south entrance Mm -hmm. and took our picture at the sign. And that's like not a it's not like a 20 minute detour. It It was was hours. I know it was hours. But you can't have. We took our photo in front of 58 of the 59 national parks and oops, Cuyahoga. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I mean, we had to. There was right. no choice. I remember it was always challenging because we had a little tripod back then, but sometimes you couldn't park close enough to put the tripod on the hood of the car. So we had to park further away and put the tripod on the ground, on which rock. made us look like giants <laughs> from that angle. Yeah. Or sometimes you'd get the cracker box the cracker out box or, or the, the cooler. Or the Cheez-Its box. Mm-hmm. And you'd stand the tripod on there and then people would ridicule us. People were very mean. They didn't like the snack boxes that we used. There would, it seemed like the cracker box, the Cheez-Its box, that, that's what set them off. I think so. You, you don't. You never know what's what's going to set people off. But No, you never know. So taking care of business was... Mm-hmm. Getting our picture taken in front yeah. of the sign, also getting the brochure. We we, we talked yeah. about this. Yeah, and doing a hike. But I think that those, when I look back on those 59 park signs, and by the way, we do have them on our website, our dearbobandsue.com website, but they are like the worst pictures we've ever taken. The angles are bad. The lighting's bad. Half the time my eyes are closed or your eyes are closed or, you know. Except, except for one. Except for one. We have one that's really good. And and like a year later, I was looking at all of the photos and I'm flipping through them and I get to Shenandoah National Park and I'm thinking, well, this is a really nice picture. It's well composed and the color's good and everything. (laughs) It's like it's because my sister was with us and she's a professional photographer (laughs) and she used the same Bad mm-hmm. camera that we had used for all the others, but yeah, know, she was able to get a good photo out of it. She was. Yeah. So I just remember you'd set the timer, you put it on the tripod, set the timer, and then you'd run like hell to try to get in the picture before the timer went off. I would scurry. <laughs> I, was, I would scurry. But what scared me is every time I touched the shutter to start the 10-second timer, you would yell, it's blinking. <laughs> and the... F- and it would scare me because I like what's blinking like something like a bomb's going to go off. And well, yeah, that's your cue for run. I know I'm the one pushing the button, so <laughs> but you like, can't I know. see it blinking on the front of the camera. I, but I push the button, so, <laughs> so I don't. I don't need to be told. I know I have ten seconds, and I, I always made it. You would then we would go look at the picture, and there would something be wrong. Mm-hmm. Usually, hair in your face. Yes, that was always a big yeah. one. Sometimes it was your hands. Your hands were in squirrel position and you, you didn't believe me and you squirrel, you'd put your hands up and, and like limp wrist right at like midsection like a squirrel and you didn't believe me and then I would show you the picture. And, and was, then we'd have to redo it. I don't think there are any squirrel pose photos still left. I think I deleted them all. Still left. Mm-hmm. I do have, I do have a, a squirrel pose picture of you and a half squirrel. That's where you have one hand up. Well, yeah, because um, you put it on Facebook and then you put a picture of a, of a squirrel well, <laughs> with a purse. Well, yeah, <laughs> just... next to it to point out the similarities. Yeah, yeah, and that was very effective. Mm-hmm. So people understand what squirrel pose is. Mm-hmm. No, I, I have, I, I think you have, you have scoured the family photos and gotten rid of all of them. But I have one squirrel. 
pose and one half squirrel mm-hmm. pose that I have. When we post in the, the place, when we post the photos for this episode, we'll see if we can find the uh, squirrel half squirrel side by side photo, and we'll put it on the website. Of you? Yeah, you're gonna allow that to be. You're yes, just, so is, people can see what I live with. This is a trick. <laughs> this is a trick. You're gonna get me to pull them out of the archives. <laughs> Under the guise of yeah, let's show people, yeah. and then you're gonna then you're gonna tear them up. No one will ever see them. <laughs> There's, there are backups. Today's podcast is about an amazing hike that we did in Zion National Park called the Zion Narrows. And that's it. That's it. Short, <laughs> thank you. <bro. laughs> Thanks, short, everybody. Short, short podcast. These are getting easier to do. Oh, that went really fast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. This is All where right. the, we'll play the banjo music and then, <laughs> and then we'll do, do the, the outro, outro right, and we're done. Right. Okay. Hope y'all enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you very uh, much. Okay. Now, so, Karen, what the heck? Right. What, so, what? Okay. First of all, you got to. Today's podcast is about a really unique hike we did in Zion National Park called the Zion Narrows. And for anyone who has been living under a rock, Zion National Park is in southern Utah. Wait, okay, you just okay. Let's okay. Let's back up. Let's not insult two two million two hundred million of our listeners who don't know what Zion National Park, Park is right. and, and assume that they're they've been living under a rock. That's yeah, okay. yeah. That, right, that we'll get it. the ratings up. Okay. Let's okay. Let's start over. Could you insult everyone, people, people who know about the park, and people who don't know about the park? Make up some some other insult for the people Just who wait. do know. All right, okay. well, we have to start over. Okay. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> Today's podcast is about a really unique hike we did in Zion National Park, and the name of the hike is the Zion Narrows. The Zion Narrows. So Zion National Park is in southwestern Utah. Mm-hmm. And did it's, you know? Wait, I have a fun fact we could insert right here. Okay, did you right know ahead. that Zion National Park is the fourth most visited out of all the national parks? Well, I do now. Mm-hmm. The number one is Great Smoky Mountains, mm-hmm. but I think that's because a highway runs right through the middle of it. Yeah, that could be. And it could be. There's a highway that runs through Zion also. So I think sometimes it's yeah the, the highway traffic mm-hmm. affects visitation numbers. But Although it's a very popular park, and this is a very popular hike that we're going to talk about today. Beautiful park. So Zion Narrows. Uh, the the word narrow is used for uh, slot canyons where the walls are very close together. Like a squeeze is where you can touch both walls. Mm-hmm. A nar- narrow is not necessarily you know that that constricted, but you know pretty close in. And so the Virgin River cuts through the park, and in areas the 
the side canyon walls are very close to each other and the, the, the water runs through it. And, and sometimes it's what the river's only 20 to 30 feet wide. And, and yeah. And so this is the Virgin river that's running through um, Zion Canyon and the walls are up to, can be up to a thousand feet high and the bank and the walls about what, what did you say? 20 to 30 feet yeah. from each other. Yeah. Yeah. In some places mm-hmm. there's other parts of the river through the narrows where there's a little bit of a bank, mm-hmm. a little bit of a sandy beach, depending on, mm-hmm. on how high the water is. But, right. But basically the trail is the water, right? Yeah, That's yeah, what the, we kept telling ourselves before we started. Right. Right. The river is the, the trail. We, mm-hmm. we kept looking for, a path, and then we realize, okay, right. yeah, it, the, the river actually is mm-hmm. no the trail. G- no GPS needed. Nope, because no. if you're in the water, you're in the right spot. Now, there's a couple of different ways you can do this hike. You can go bottom up or top down. Now, bottom up means that you start at the Temple of Sinawava, mm-hmm. uh, which is at the end of the park road in the valley there of, of Zion National Park. And when you do bottoms up, it's basically a out and back hike. Right. And you don't need a permit. You, you don't need a permit. Mm-hmm. And you're coming back out. You're hiking up the river and you're coming back out the same way. Mm-hmm. Then you can do top down, which does require a permit. Mm-hmm. And what that's about a 16-mile hike that's all downstream. So in order to do this, you have to – Get somebody to drive you to the trailhead up north. Right. To It starts at what's called Chamberlain Ranch. And so that's about, what, about an hour and a half from mm-hmm. the visitor center in, in Zion? Right. So if you have someone drop you off there, then you can hike down the 16 miles and you'll end up, you know, back in the valley. But the thing about that is, so there are two ways to do it. You can do it as a day hike but they say it takes about 12 hours of hiking. So by the time that, you know, your shuttle drops you off, you've got 12 hours-ish to get all the way down the 16 miles and still make that last shuttle in Zion Canyon to pick you up. So, I mean, you're hoofing it. Yeah. You're hoofing o- it. Otherwise, you're... Yeah, <laughs> you're walking the the park road in the uh, in the dark, most yeah, likely. Yeah, and, yeah. So, yeah. but um, there is another option for the top down is uh, you can get a reservation to camp. So there are about twelve campsites along the river. So a lot of people do that. They get dropped off, they hike to this to the camp spots, spend the night, and then do the rest of it the next day. So I think it's a little more manageable. Yeah, and like we've said in other blog posts and in the book and other podcasts, uh, all of this information we give, it's it's time sensitive and can mm-hmm. change uh, from time to time. So it's, you know, all the information about this is on the National Park Service mm-hmm. websites. Mm-hmm. So so double check that uh, yeah. if you're uh, seriously interested in doing it. Now, we've done it twice. Yeah, but we've only done the bottom up and we've done it twice. I'd really like to do the top down, wouldn't you? That's on my list. I would love to do the top down. Yeah, that's that's we should mm-hmm. try to figure out how to do that mm-hmm. in the next year or two. I want to do it, but I don't know about the camping part because we'd have to schlep all that stuff in bigger backpacks. So, I mean, think about it. We'd have the tents, sleeping bags, sleeping pads, all that stuff on our backs. And then we're hiking through the river where, you know, it's easy to fall into the water. And so we might just want to do it as that day hike 16 miles down. 
yeah, do we have to do we have to decide right here on the podcast <laughs> with everyone listening? Should we? Do, <laughs> should we? I would ar- like an answer, please. <laughs> should we argue about it right now? <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, I'd I'd love to do it just just the way you described it. What, whatever All you right. say. Thank you for your input. Yeah. Well, thank you for your input. Okay. So, as what ma- time of year would you like to do that? I would like to suit? do it in. No, I'd like to do it in September. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, as Matt had said, we've done Me? it. This, this Matt. So, as you said, we've done it twice. The first time in September, the second time in June, and there was a kind of a noticeable difference. Yeah, I don't remember. Both those hikes are melding together in my mind, but... uh, I remember in June, the water was um, higher and faster and colder. Oh, yeah. We got turned around in June because Mm -hmm. the water was... It was getting so deep. I mean, it was way above our head. So Mm -hmm. we we had to swim and... Which Mm -hmm. which is fine. You can swim upstream if... But too much of that, then it's kind of a hassle. So in November, the water levels were lower. They say that when the water flow is 70 CFS, cubic feet per second or lower, then you can walk. And so like 70 70 cubic feet per second, like a refrigerator, like the outside of a refrigerator would be about 35 cubic feet. Mm -hmm. So like imagine two refrigerators flowing past that two refrigerators amount of water flowing past every second. I I just don't know how I would picture two refrigerators flowing past in the, I mean, I get what you're trying to say, but um, so you can check the flow online on the National Park website. They have a link, but when it's below 70 CFS, it says the walking is moderately difficult and the water will be about knee deep and the pools will be about waist deep. But if it goes above 70, the walking is challenging with the river levels being about mid-thigh and the pools being chest deep. Yeah. And so if if they get to 150 cubic feet per second, which is just double, mm-hmm. right? It's just not that much higher. Yeah. They close the river. They do. I know. I was looking at the website the other day and I, I clicked the link to see what the CFS was and like a week ago, it was at 200, and that was in late February. Wow. I know. It's crazy. I'd say the best time to hike it would probably be, what, September and October, because the weather is still warm. Um, and Well, I like September because it was still hot out. Now, it was that day in September we did it. The outside temperature outside of the Narrows was 100 degrees. Mm-hmm. So in the sun, it was 100 degrees. But when we were in the river, in the narrows, it it felt like the perfect temperature. It did. Now, of course, we were, you know, ha- half submerged in the water. So that was keeping us cool. And the, the, the sun was not getting down, you know, down to the river because the canyon walls. And so maybe the air temperature was more in the 80s. Mm-hmm. But I, I thought that was comfortable. If, the, if you're cool at all, when you come out of there into the 100 degrees, it feels great. So mm-hmm. I, I thought that that was just the perfect time to go, but um, I I'm sure there's other times. Well, well, summer's good, but in summer, you know, you have the summer crowds. And spring, you've got all the snow melt, and I think they do close it pretty frequently in the spring. So, yeah, so when we went there the first time, of course, 
as we always do, we went to the visitor center. Mm -hmm. The day before. The day before to talk to a ranger. And they gave us a lot of good tips. One of, one of the tips was always make sure you have a walking stick. Now, sometimes you'll see people in the river with these big, long walking sticks. And I thought they looked really silly that people had these real long sticks until I realized that once you get up river, a long stick like that's really helpful to to test the depth of the water. Mm -hmm. But the ranger told us, you know, it's if you have two trekking poles, that's good because when the water is moving, you always want three points of contact. So you pick up your foot and you have both trekking poles firmly on the ground and one foot on the ground. And then you put your foot down and you can lift your hand and now you have two feet and one trekking pole. And so if you always just stay with three points of pressure on the ground, you have much better chance of staying upright. So that was one thing. Right. And then he also told us, you know, when you go to Zion, the cute little town, the darling town right outside of the park is Springdale. And they have um, several outfitting stores that rent water shoes and the uh, walking sticks that Matt was referring to. So people, a lot of people rent those and they, they've told us that they're great. The ranger told us that he suggested that we just wear our regular hiking shoes and socks and just go in the river in those. And, and that actually worked out great because there were good treads on the bottom. You know, you definitely don't want to do it in open-toed sandals because you'll you'll stub your toes. Um, you you want to have some support and also, but maybe not necessarily huge hiking boots. Yeah, I I did. I had the big hiking boots mm -hmm. on. I they, they were fine for me. It is like walking over, you know, slick bowling balls for right. not not the whole way, but there are parts of it where the that's about the size and shape of, of the boulders down below. And you can't always rely on being able to see where you're placing your feet. Certainly when the water gets deep, that gets gets hard. You know, even when when we started out, we could see the bottom, you know, if it's was only a foot deep or two feet deep. But the problem is the more hikers go upriver. If there are hikers upriver, every time they take a step, they're kicking up silt. Mm -hmm. And so the water is getting cloudier and cloudier as the day goes on. And you get to, towards the end of the day and downriver, it doesn't matter if the water is six inches deep. You can't see the bottom. Right, <clears> right. Because it's, so you have no idea so much silt. what you're stepping on. The other thing we wanted to talk to the ranger about when we stopped in was – the really, really important thing is to talk about the forecast. Fortunately for us, the next day was going to be clear as a bell. No clouds in the sky, no threatening storms anywhere. So so we didn't have to worry about that. But that is hugely important before anyone ever goes in a slot canyon is to take a look at the forecast. Because if a flash flood comes through there, which it has often, um, it, it's extremely dangerous. So the next day, we got up early. We wanted to get up and out and try to beat the crowds, which which it worked. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe we got to the Temple of Sinawava, mm -hmm. Sinawava being the Paiute word for coyote. Oh, I actually did not know that. <laughs> yeah. Thank See, you, I, Matt. I, I did some homework. You thought, <laughs> I thought you, you just showed up and I sat just, down. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> all right, what are we talking about today? No, I, I yeah. know things. So when we got there, uh, maybe 9, 930, from where they – the, that shuttle drops you off. It's what? There's about a mm -hmm. mile walk up the river? Yeah. It's called the Riverside uh, Walk. And it's a beautiful trail. It's paved. It's pretty easy. So even if you don't 
do the Zion Narrows hike. It's a great trail to walk to the end and, and see where everybody's going yeah. in. And on a warm day, you can, at the end of that paved trail, you can kind of get into the water. It's kind mm. of ankle deep and kind of splash around. But that that is the point at which, so we get to the end of the paved trail and we're now we're looking for like, where does the trail continue? Mm-hmm. And we kept walking along the, the shore of the river trying to tiptoe without getting wet. And then we realized the river is the trail. So we just yeah. started splashing through. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But before we talk about that, let's talk about what we had with us. What what did we take with us? First of all, we were wearing synthetic clothing, which is important because you want to be wearing something that is lightweight and that will dry quickly. So I had um, I had on yoga capris, which are you know yoga pants that go down just past the knees, and a synthetic shirt. Uh, and Matt, I don't remember what you wore, like synthetic hiking pants, I think. Or? Uh, yeah, the, the mm-hmm. shorts I had shorts on that were synthetic and a synthetic shirt. Now sometimes you'll get the advice, like when we did the Grand Canyon River trip, they suggest cotton, mm-hmm. and the reason they suggest cotton on the Grand Canyon River trip is. It gets warm even on the river during the summertime. And so cotton stays wet and dries out slowly. And, and when it evaporates, it keeps you cool. Mm-hmm. And so it that makes sense in that environment. However, in the narrows, even in the summertime, you want to dry off quickly because you're more likely to get cold than than overheat. Mm-hmm. And so that's why just I just wanted to explain like why, why in some cases you suggest synthetic clothes and other Right. Just cotton. Right. And we also had a change of clothes in our backpack uh, just so that, you know, if when once we had lunch or if we were really wet, we just wanted to have the option to have another shirt to put on. But that brings me to the point is this was one of the only times where I did not carry my own backpack, which is a rule in the Smith house is everyone carries their own stuff. But because and we'll talk about this now. We had dry bags for everything. And so, Matt, you had dry bags and you put all of our stuff in your pack. Yeah, I had one big dry bag and I put our lunch in there, mm-hmm. all of our clothes, you know, anything that could get ruined like headlamps or what, whatever, all in the dry bag. That sealed up and in the backpack thinking that, well, in the just in case mm-hmm. the my backpack gets wet, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Everything – Inside the dry bag that's inside the backpack would stay dry. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you have to assume that every single thing is going to get wet. If you if you fall in, it's yeah. Going even to. if even if the river level is low enough that it's not over your head or something like that, you you could mm-hmm. always fall in easily. Mm-hmm. Right. And back when we first did this, we were not using our cell phone cameras because cell phones didn't have cameras back then. So we actually did have a camera that you bought a. Uh, what one of those Pelican waterproof cases for? Right. It was uh, the point and shoot camera we had was pretty small, uh, mm-hmm. a little bit bigger than a credit card kind mm-hmm. of footprint and, you know, maybe three quarters of an inch 
thick. And so it, it went into a Pelican case that I clipped onto my backpack up by my chest mm-hmm. so that it was less likely to go in, although it was waterproof. So if it went in the river, that was fine. But also I could stop. And even if the water was waist deep, I could, I could open that case, take a photo, put the camera back in and nothing, nothing got wet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the last thing, oh, we had a first aid kit, uh, just a small one that we always we always make sure we have one. Uh, and then the last thing we had back then, I'd taken a Ziploc bag that had some toilet paper in it. And then the plan was to, if I needed to pee, you know, use the toilet paper, then put it back in the Ziploc bag and haul it out. Now, we have since learned from when we went on the Colorado River trip through the Grand Canyon, our dory boatman explained to us that it's not good to pee on on banks like that because it ends up smelling like a, a cat litter box, right? You actually want to go in the water. Right. And it, so this depends on what part of the country you're in. And on this particular hike, it's it's miles and miles where, where there is no way to get away from the river. Like you have canyon walls that are constricting you. And if you have to go, you have to go. And in a case like Zion where it's relatively desert-like and it could be months before it rains again mm-hmm. or the water comes up to a level that it kind of uh, refreshes the, the sandy areas – you're better off going in the water mm-hmm. because if if you urinate off in the you know little bit of sand that's on the side of the river and people do that over and over again for months i mean it it, it can get pretty bad so it's not always the case that you pee in the river right uh, but right. in in some special situations mm-hmm. like that it is better yeah our, our boatman even had a, a little uh, ditty and they said Dilution is the pollution solution. So, um, and because there's a fairly strong current, it just what it all gets washed downstream to. Well, yeah, it's. I mean, it. Yeah, you're you're still going in the river, but it's better than having it accumulate for months on the sand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the other thing we would add now if we were going is we would uh, pick up one of those disposable poop bags that we talked about. Yeah, rest stop. They're called rest stop. Mm -hmm. We talked about that in the Fiery Furnace podcast. I don't think, I don't know if they were available when we did it 10 years ago, but they sure are now. So that we would definitely add that to our pack. Yeah. So when we started hiking in the Narrows, there was only one other person who was heading in with us. It was not crowded at all at that point, I remember. And he got ahead of us, you know, pretty far. So it was almost like it was just you and I. Yeah, and that was good. We let him get far enough ahead so that we could have photo- – we could take photographs mm-hmm. of the canyon without him in it. And he likewise, he could take photographs both directions without us in it. And so that was really nice. I, I think that maybe these days that's that's wishful thinking that you, there would be so few people taking that hike. But yeah, uh, re- if you can, I mean, you're better you're better off early in the morning than. Oh, yeah. As early the as the shuttle can get you there. We posted a picture from the Zion Narrows hike on Instagram and somebody commented, where are all the people? Did you Photoshop them out? And uh, again, we don't have the skills to do that, but thankfully there were no other people in our in our photos. So, and the light's fantastic in the morning. The walls are close enough that there's very little direct sunlight 
um, on the river anyway at any time of day. I mean, for you know, it's a, a very short window when the sun's right overhead, you get some direct sunlight. But most of the time, even on a clear sunny day, you're getting this indirect light. So what happens is the sun shines it's it's bouncing off the top of the canyons and it's literally just reverberating back and forth against the walls and all the colors of the rocks are are coming out it's very natural subtle lighting uh and and it's just like you don't <laughs> you don't really have to have a lot of photographic skills because it's just so beautiful to to begin with that oh my gosh. Uh, you pretty much just have to point and click yeah and it was amazing to us because when we did it in 2010, this was before Instagram had even been invented. And we had not seen any photos of the Zion Narrows. So we had no idea what to expect. Now there are photos everywhere. But so for us, it was like, I don't know, it was like we were virgins in the, I guess, virgins in the Virgin River. Can I say that? But um, just did, yeah. it was, uh, it was breathtaking. Yeah, it was, it was a beautiful Beautiful hike that we loved it from the start. It mm-hmm. um, as soon as we literally took the plunge and and got in knee deep into the water and started splashing our way, it was it was mm-hmm. fantastic. So, it, it, yeah, yeah, it was. I don't know if we mentioned it at the beginning, but this is a if you go as far as you can go without a permit, that's five miles upriver, and then you have to turn around and come back. So if you do the whole thing, it's a ten mile round trip hike. Yeah. And just keep in mind that you're hiking much slower than a normal trail. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're hiking through water, so that's slowing you down some. Now, there are spots along the river where you could hike on the sand for pretty long stretches, like, yeah, like 100 some... yards, quarter mile, mm-hmm. and if you if you want. And, and in some cases, you kind of have to because depending on the configuration of the boulders, I think there were a couple of places that – it looked like the pools were really deep and and we couldn't get through it on the water, but you you climb around on the rocks. We kept going. The water the depth of the water kept getting deeper and deeper. I I was sure I well, at least I was I was hoping that it would only get mid thigh deep. I <laughs> <That> was wishful <laughs> the, the whole way. But uh, I I didn't want to get the boys wet, but uh, <laughs> about halfway through the morning I <laughs> uh, unfortunate ripple came down the river. I don't, I I don't know if you're frolicking or. I think that's when your voice went up yeah. a, a couple of octaves, and I, you, yeah, you sound you start talking like your sister. Yeah, so. well, <laughs> a rogue wave got me, which is so. Then that that you have that initiation, and then uh-huh. like it kept rising. I don't think we ever swam. I, I think it, it got maybe armpit level deep. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, but you got to remember, I'm like six inches shorter than yeah, you. So yeah. it was always deeper on me, although I did have the advantage is because you were in front of me, I could see how deep it was going on you. You know, you're you are kind of tapping the I was I was I was, try, I was seeing how deep it was with with my trekking poles. Yeah. There was one spot where I got there and and. I could swear like it was a drop off in every direction, even the direction I had come from. Yeah, I just I was trying as hard as I could not to 
uh, go all the way under. But I mean, once it's up to your armpits, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah. Just it's easy. It would actually have been easier to swim for some of those stretches. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's one especially beautiful part of this canyon. I mean, the whole thing was beautiful, but there's an area called Wall Street that was spectacular. I think that's the narrowest part of the gorge. Yeah, and that that particular area, we we hit it just at the right time because mm -hmm. it never went over our head. I remember, again, it, it got up to our armpits, but like it didn't, like I, I didn't have to worry about like stepping off and you know going into a seventy foot hole or anything like that. And so, uh, yeah, that was beautiful. And again, the light was incredible, and we're able to take pictures when now and then when when the Pelican case was above water. I could very, very <laughs> carefully get some photographs of of that. But. Yeah, it's 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 like another world back there. It was something. Well, we hiked for about three hours, kind of lunch, <laughs> kind of lunchtime, noon, noon twelve thirty, something like that. I, I do remember it was. We're not really sure how far we went. I we're think not, we got about to the five mile yeah, mark. Uh, Again, we didn't bring our GPS because we didn't want it to get wet. We didn't have, you know, it was before the Fitbits and the Apple Watches where you can track your your steps and your miles. So we actually don't know how many miles we hiked, but it was three to three and a half hours. And which, then we kind of yeah, felt like we had enough. that we could have gotten five miles in, mm -hmm. in that time. It was also a spot where because it was, you know, right at right about noon, it was sunny. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were a little cold, so it was very nice to yeah. just kind of sit on a big rock in the direct sun and, and dry out. And so and we lunch. we ate lunch there. And yeah, we did see some people hiking down. We saw some people doing the the top down hike because obviously they were they were going in the other opposite direction than we were going. But um, it was not it was not crowded when we were in there at all no. until and, well until. <laughs> So we had lunch, a nice leisurely <laughs> lunch, and we start back downstream. Mm, the three hours back. Uh, and then we started started running into a lot more people coming upstream. Mm -hmm. And it took about the same amount of time, about three hours to get back. And for the first hour or so, we would see people occasionally. And then the closer we got to the end, the number of people, the frequency of people just kept going up and the level of preparedness of the people we were passing clearly people that 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 uh, you know had no backpacks had no walking sticks and it was a freak show it it, it, it did kind of turn into a freak show yeah yeah we saw people i i think the thing that scared me the most is the guy that was carrying a baby just literally carrying a baby in front of him as he walked through the water. Well, yeah, when we, it wasn't in a carrier. Right. When we got to like the last quarter of a mile, mm -hmm. it was all out crazy. Yeah. It was crazy time. It was. It was First of all, there were hundreds of people. Right. Hundreds. There, were, there were people with their expensive digital cameras around their necks with, uh, you know, on a strap. Mm -hmm. And like you could, they could have fallen any moment into that water and the camera would have gone under guy with a baby that that worried me mm -hmm. uh mm -hmm. some a yeah. guy on crutches uh-huh a guy on crutches mm -hmm. coming up the river and then kind of the the craziest thing although i i i liked this one was <laughs> we got very close to the end right by the the river walk and there's uh 
an older gentleman in the middle of the river with his walker. And I and he's thought walking upstream. he was walking upstream. And I thought, you know, that is what I'm going to do. If I ever have to have a walker, then I'm, I'm going to the Virgin River in Zion and I'm just going to mm-hmm. make my way upstream. You would so do that. Yeah. 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 So that actually was that was, yeah, that was, that was great. But it was like, um, it was like a beach where you would literally just see hundreds of people. And a lot of people were just kind of standing in the water. I don't think they had any desire to do any hiking, but, and they were, you know, throwing balls and Frisbees and, and yelling and, and there was music blaring and there was, it, it, it was just this huge contrast from our, you know, our really quiet, uh, the solitude that we had throughout the canyon and the coming back into this. And we had no clue what was, you know. It was also when we had gotten to that point, we were out of the the most constricted part of the canyon mm-hmm. and it was hot. It was real hot. And so, you know, people were, all, were also in the river just, just to cool down. Uh, it was 100 degrees. So we finally, we got as we said, it's, it's super crowded. We got onto a shuttle. Soaking wet. Because we, we didn't yeah. have towels. If for some reason, we didn't think to bring it. So we were, um, we were we were probably fairly dried off, although our, our boots were probably sopping wet. And we get on the shuttle with all the people who are riding the shuttle through the park. And, and they're all dry and clean. Mm-hmm. And we look like refugees. <laughs> <laughs> We didn't With care. Wet we, were, we were slopping around. No, and, but I felt sorry for um, the person sitting next to me because we probably smelled. Well, no, we made pools of water when yeah. we were sitting on the on the shuttle. Yeah, which we've done before, even when we <laughs> haven't hiked, even when we haven't hiked in rivers. But that will that'll have to be another. <laughs> That's podcast. a different podcast. <laughs> so on that so on that particular trip, we had stayed at the Driftwood Lodge that's in the town of Springdale, which is not very far outside the, the entrance of the park. And so we go we go back to our motel room. And like, like I said, I had, I had my big hiking boots I had worn and they were they were soaked through and through. And I thought those, you know, I'm not gonna be able to wear these for the rest of the trip. And I stuck them on the, the little sidewalk outside of our room, took the insoles out and laid the uh, hiking boots there, and I put your hiking boots out there. And uh, in a hundred degree weather in the direct sun, those things were bone dry in like I don't know half an hour, forty five minutes. They were, yeah. That was really surprising because I thought the same thing. I thought they'd be sitting in our truck wet for for the next week, but they were dry instantly. Yeah, and it was mm-hmm. so it was so warm. And again, this was late September mm-hmm. that we had. Eaten the night before at Noodles, Noodles Pizza. Pizza Noodle. Pizza Noodle? Pizza and Noodle. Pizza and Noodle. We never, we, we've eaten there many times. We've never, never had, never, never had, had a noodle. <laughs> never, I've never even seen a noodle. So that must be somebody's name. Yeah. But they had, have good pizza. But we had leftover pizza that was in the fridge of our motel room. And so. And no microwave. And no microwave. So Karen had the great idea of taking it. And putting on foil and putting putting the foil and the pizza on the dashboard of our car. Mm-hmm. And, Genius. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that worked great. Oh, my God. It's like 10 minutes in the car, obviously with the doors closed. You know how hot a car yeah. gets. We had nice, melty, delicious pizza. And that's why I married you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, that's exactly one of the why. reasons. Oh, yeah, one not, of them. I mean, not only can you like cook pizza on the dashboard, but then our <laughs> our car smelled like pizza for the for so a week, it, and it I was that a was win-win. it was win win for everyone. And then I like get to be married to you forever, and that's uh, it's win win win. Mm, you're such a lucky guy. Yeah. Well, that was a great that was a great day. Any any day you don't. You don't drown and you can eat pizza off the dashboard of your car. It's got to be a good day. What question do you have from the mailbag, Karen? Let me pull that out of the mailbag. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you pull it out? Okay. Let's see what – I'm just going to randomly pull out a question. Okay. Today's question is from a gentleman who emailed us, and he was wondering what we did for a living, what were our careers before we quit our jobs to go to all the national parks. Yeah, good question. Since Uh, since I didn't have a career, I'll let you answer No, I was going to say, could you uh, – I would like – actually, that question was from me. I have several. I have several Gmail accounts that you don't know about. <laughs> what did I do? Yeah. What 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 the heck did you do for all okay. those years? Well, I raised our three children. Okay. Is what I that's, did. That's great. That's a mm-hmm. good answer. That's the hardest uh-huh. job in the world. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I have gotten very little thanks for that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for raising our children. I had nothing to do with it. Like, so, yeah, so I was a stay-at-home mom. We got married right out of college and had- We were had, 14. Mm-hmm, we had kids We were in college very early. <laughs> <laughs> we had kids right away, and I stayed home for, I don't know, maybe 10 to 15 years until they were all about middle school age, and then I went back to work. And, yeah, so when we got to the point where we quit our jobs, I was working at the Seattle Red Cross- Trying to what provide mm-hmm. provide emergency services to people who have suffered natural disasters. That's right. Yeah, That's very, right. It very was very good. And then we, then we said, "Nope, we're going to all the national parks." That's right. And I provided no, no services <laughs> from that point on. But I did have CPR training and first aid training. Yeah, so that was a bonus, just in case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a heart attack or That's something. That's right. I yeah. You could revive me. I. I was in the financial services industry for my entire career. It was actually a uh, same type of business my father was in. So my first job out of college was with his firm and pretty much in the area of retirement planning and managing retirement plans, doing all the government compliance and investing and and, uh, just uh, all the tasks that are involved and designing and managing retirement plans for corporations. And so I had done that, gosh, for 30-plus years Mm -hmm. when we had decided to go to all the national parks. You did write a few financial books, too. I did. Mm -hmm. That's kind of – Runaway bestsellers. Well, they weren't. uh, (laughs) But it did help us a little bit with the idea of writing the Dear Bob and Sue books because I had written three books in my professional life, uh, and those were published by – a regular publisher, John Wiley and Sons. They were Wiley Finance series books. And so I knew the process, mm-hmm. uh, even though the Dear Bob and Sue series is a self-published. Like I, I knew what it took to get to the 
finish line and right. and, and, the, and all the discipline and time and all the yeah. hours. So yeah. I, I knew what we were getting ourselves into, mm-hmm. and so that that mm-hmm. uh, that did help. That experience helped. Yeah. So that's that's what we did before our national park trip. If you have a question for us, you can send us an email to mattandkarensmith at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media. Go to facebook.com slash dearbobands, or you can find us on Instagram at mattandkarensmith. We'll review all the questions that come in, and we'll be answering some of them in our mailbag segment on future episodes. To see pictures from the Zion Narrows, go to www dot the dear bob and sue podcast.com and click on the title for episode six there you'll find the show notes for this episode and links to other information a ton of you have already given us a rating or a review on apple podcasts and we can't thank you enough matt and i really enjoy reading your sweet notes please keep it up it really helps more people find our show You can also find our show on Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. The books that this podcast is based on are available on Amazon.com. Just search for Dear Bob and Sue. And you can also find more information about us by heading over to www.dearbobandsue.com. Our show is produced by the amazing team at Puddle Creative in Portland, Oregon. Our artwork is by the designers at Expert Subjects, and our theme music is by Will West. And if you have a friend who has been living under a rock, please consider sharing this episode with them. No offense. Yeah, nice. I was wondering when you would get back to insulting our listeners. At least this time it's the end of the episode, so we don't have to start over again. Thank you.